This is a whole new level of survival, and we're trying to film it. I commend anyone who can survive in this area. There's a bear right across. I feel like I'm starving. I didn't come here to get killed. It's going to be hell. Hey, Ben. What was that? All right, well, finally made it out here. I am officially alone. Uh, I've been looking forward to this my whole life. I know I can do this. So I'm hoping to come up on a bear. I'm pretty sure I can take it. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get food supply going, but first things first, gotta figure out my shelter. Uh, so yeah, let's do this. Alright, so I'm out here in the wilderness. We're gonna do this thing. I literally have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, let's do this. Give it a shot. Okay, so it is now time to build the shelter. And what you wanna do is find some really good sticks, some strong ones. You're gonna kinda lean them up against a larger stick. As you can see, it's a stick house. And so, oh! Huh? Look at that. Isn't that hard? I think that's set up. Red light. Okay, here we go. Well, hey, everybody. So we're ready to build a fire now. Uh, and I've grabbed some of the local foliage. I believe it's pine. All right, I think I can use this. It's not bad. Lighter flood. What we're gonna do now is we're gonna rub sticks together. And, um, well, you're, you're gonna see, watch this. You ready? <laughs> Survival alone. Another stick or something here. <laughs> Uh, couldn't get the fire started it's okay it happens it's fine thankfully i'm an expert fisherman so here's what's going to happen I've, I've got my my rod i've got my bobber i'm going to tie the line on and drop it in and we're going to see what we catch and so we can't cook it but that's okay we don't need a fire once again it's going to be okay it's going to be okay Ugh, onions Ugh. Come on! Come on! I can't do this! Come on! God, please, just bring me a fish. Bring me a, a fish fillet. Bring me a McFish. Just a fish. Any fish. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Just kidding. Never mind, Lord. Never mind. You lie! You lie! Boss, about to me. Hey, man. What's up? Cheers, man. Cheers. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. It's pretty funny, isn't it? You guys doing good today? Yeah. I am 
I was interceding over there, praying to God you were more alive than the first service because I need a little bit of interaction today, okay? Can I get some energy from you? Thank you. Thank you. Woo. So God answers prayers. We're in a series right now called Watch List, uh, and we're taking some popular shows from streaming channels, and we're pulling biblical principles out of that. Uh, this week, we're taking the History Channel show called Alone. Have anybody seen this? Raise your hand if you've seen Alone. Yeah, crazy. Um, if you have not seen it, uh, it's basically a survival show, okay? So they take uh, the real show, not, the, not what we just watched, the real show, they take 10 individuals and throw them into just these crazy climates, uh, Patagonia, Mongolia, the Arctic Circle, and it's basically the last man standing type of deal. And uh, no camera crews, no help, no food. They just gotta survive using primitive solutions. Some of these people stay out there for like 80, 90, 100 days. Uh, it's insane. So when you're watching this, you know, you can't really help but ask the question, like how long could I survive out there? And uh, of course for me and Chase and Bryce, you know, the answer is not very long at all. Uh, I, I won't wait 20 minutes for a table at Chili's, much less, you know, scourging the, the landscape for, for food. Uh, and one of the reasons why, one of them, that I would not do a very good job on this show is because I don't have this skill set, right? I don't know what berries to eat. I can't weave a fish basket or start a fire. I just don't, the, the skill set that these individuals have is really amazing. If you watch the show, you'll learn a lot from it. Uh, but I would make the argument that, that when it comes to the show alone, if you have any chance at winning, then you have to have the right skill set. And I would also argue that when it comes to our spiritual freedom, if you have any chance of winning, you gotta have the right skill set. Now let me clarify a little bit about spiritual freedom, okay? Because that sounds like a very big religious word. Uh, when I'm talking about spiritual freedom, I'm talking about being set free from a stronghold. Now, a stronghold is a lie that we believe. It's a lie that we tell ourselves. It's a lie that keeps us from being who God created us to be. So I'm talking about being free from insecurity, being free from shame, being free uh, from the worries of tomorrow or anxiety of the future, being free from the wounds of past hurts. I mean, wouldn't it feel good to be free from the lie that your marriage is never gonna be what you want it to be? Wouldn't it feel good to be free from the lie that you're never gonna be happy in life? I'll tell you one that I've been uh, working on the past couple weeks is being free from the lie that I'm a failure. You know, I get really obsessed with not failing. And so then I get obsessed with working hard. 
and I get obsessed with what I can do. And then, then I'm not really relying on God because if it's all about what I can do, then I really don't need him in the first place. And so then I'm not only believing a lie that I'm a failure, I'm also believing a lie that my worth is only as good as my achievements. You see how that works? It's a stronghold. It's a lie that we believe. But I, I think that it is possible to be free from that and anything else that's holding you back from being who God created you to be as long as you have the right skill set. Which we're gonna talk about and practice today. I always find it encouraging to think about that I have a God that is on my side, a God that is for me, a God that wants me to be free, that created me to be free, designed me to be free. And the way that that practically plays out in my life is I know that I have a God who has given me all of the tools I need to be free. Now I gotta work on the skill set, right? I gotta practice the skill set, but he's given me everything I need to be free in his word. And when you have the right tools to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, it's really a game changer. I'm not, I'm not a very, uh, I don't own a lot of tools. I'm not very handy. Some of you are very handy people. I'm, if I hang a picture that's straight in my house, like I'm ripping my shirt off and expecting my wife to jump me. Look what I did. Look, 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 look how straight that picture is, baby. Just look at it. And the other day I was trying to um, cut a piece of wood in half, just a two by four. I needed it for something, something I broke. I was trying to fix something I broke. And I was trying to cut this piece of wood in half, but the problem is I don't own a saw. Do you know how hard it is to cut a piece of wood in half when you don't own a saw? Uh, but on the flip side, it's very easy. It's a two-second job to, to, to cut a piece of wood if you have a miter saw or something. In fact, this is embarrassing. It won't be the most embarrassing thing I tell you today, but it's, I, I took a drill bit and I just drilled a bunch of holes in it, you know, <laughs> to weaken it. Then I snapped it in half with my bare hands. Alex, you're impressed. I know you are. It's okay. You don't want to tell these people. And it wasn't very effective. But it reminded me that a lot of times we try to use the wrong tools to find freedom, right? Like we'll try to find freedom from insecurity by isolation. Or we'll try to find freedom from shame by drinking too much. Or we'll try to find freedom from depression by staying busy. Hello, somebody. But if we'll just use the tools that God has given us, then it'll be a lot easier. And he's given us the tools that we need in his word. The first thing I always think about when I think about freedom and what I see over and over again in the Bible is that freedom is won or lost in the mind. It's won or lost in the mind. I get that from John 8:32 when Jesus said that the way you are set free is by knowing the truth. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And so it all starts with knowing 
the truth. And of course, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, he says that we demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a lie that we believe. We demolish strongholds by taking our thoughts captive and aligning them with the truth because when we align them with the truth, the truth is what sets us free. And so freedom is won or lost in the mind because our mind is a battlefield, right? Our mind is a battlefield and what we choose to think about determines the outcome of that battle. What we choose to meditate on, dwell on, focus on determines whether we are free from all the junk that we wanna be free from. Let me say it this way. Uh, Your freedom hinges on your focus. Your freedom hinges on your focus. You wanna be set free, fix your focus. See, your freedom is never about the situation around you. That's why Paul could be sitting in a literal prison and talk about the joy and peace and freedom that he has in Jesus. It's always about what you're choosing to focus on in whatever situation you're in. And a lot of us will never sit in a a, a literal prison but we are in an emotional prison, mental prison, spiritual prison, and the only difference between being in prison and being free is what we're choosing to focus on. And so in this uh, show alone, season 10, or or season eight, I think, uh, they were in Canada, uh, the Chilco Lake in British Columbia. One of the contestants, his name was Coulter, And Coulter, he lasted 67 days there. And he was one of the, uh, just the top four, 67 days. I think the winner was there for 80 days or something. And unfortunately, he was pulled for medical reasons because after day 45, the show does mandatory health checks on the contestants. And if they believe that you are on the verge of dying, they will pull you from the show. And um, that is exactly what happened to Coulter. Uh, But I want you to listen to his exit interview and the reason he feels like he lost. We don't think it's safe for you to stay in the field anymore. We're gonna have to pull you for medical reasons. You've lost a tremendous amount of weight and your vital signs are starting to decline. I think the concern is that your cardiovascular system is under pretty severe strain. You're at the point now where we're seeing damage that, that if we're not careful could become permanent. It's just too risky at this point. wanted to do better wanted to, I did not represent that well. I just wanted to do better. I have nothing left in my tank. I thought, I mean, I don't know if today, but I knew my time was coming soon. I got to feel it. 
God, I wish some of my investments would have paid off better. Man, I got so one-sided. I got so overly invested, single-minded on some things, and I didn't diversify, and I didn't adapt soon enough. But, God dang it, I knew it's going. I just knew, like, I was nearing my physical limits, but I just thought, I love my life so much, and I love my family and friends, and I love where I live. Just, I'm, I'm just surrounded by so much positive. To listen to some of the things he said, he says, I wanted to do better. I'm surrounded by so much positive, but I have nothing left in my tank. And then he says this, man, I got so one-sided and so single-minded. When I was watching this clip, I started tearing up because I resonate with this idea of getting so one-sided, so single-minded, so narrow-focused on something that's not giving me life that's not helping me. Maybe it's a stronghold or a lie that I'm believing. I'll get so narrow-minded on a made-up story about my past or a made-up story about my future or a made-up story about myself and how others are seeing uh, me. And like Coulter, I will get so emotionally invested in something that's not helping me that it, it, it'll kill me, man. It, it'll literally send me into a depression or debilitating anxiety, and it'll keep me from living in freedom. And what drives me crazy, it's almost like an out-of-body experience, is, is I, I resonate with the words that Coulter said. He said, I wanna do better. I so badly want to do better. And I'm surrounded by so much positivity, but I just got nothing left in my tank. I, I, I can hear myself thinking those words. I can look at my life and go, I have a great life. I got a beautiful family. I got a, a committed, loving wife. I've got a dream job. I got a comfortable wife. I got a fish named Gus. I mean, how good does my life have to be to have a fish named Gus? And nothing is really going haywire in my life, but I'll get so focused on the one lie, the one thing that's negative, the one stronghold that it will derail my spirit. But if I wanna find freedom, I gotta fix my focus. I'll tell you, this is, this is very vulnerable for me to tell you this, and you may think less of me for that, but that's all right. Last week, we had a great week at church. We, we fixed 50 cars with Fix My Ride. We baptized a bunch of people outside. But you know, we were a little low in attendance, which was kind of weird because if you look at the flow of the year, church attendance, like usually this time of year is a little bit higher, room's kind of full like it is today. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it all week. And it was really bothering me and giving me anxiety. And so if you weren't here last week, thanks a lot, you know, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I was so focused on, uh, and I started going down the rabbit trail. Maybe my sermons aren't good enough. Maybe my leadership. But you know what? We also baptized 30 people last week. It's like, yeah. That's what I should have done. That's, my, that's what my reaction should have been. But it wasn't, and I was having a bad week, and I kind of had to give myself a little pep talk halfway through the week going, I mean, how, how selfish and self-centered and e egocentric do you have to be to be thinking about you? 
when you had this. But I think we do this all the time, right? Things are going, going well in our life, but we'll choose the one thing that's eaten us alive, the one negative experience, the one made-up story that just derails our spirit. You know, uh, that's exactly what the Israelites did after they left Egypt. They wandered around the wilderness for 40 years, um, and it was time for them to enter into the promised land that God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and it, the Bible describes the promised land as a land uh, flowing with milk and honey, which was just a real poetic way of saying it was very fertile soil. It was, it was a healthy area, great place to plant some roots. Uh, in fact, the Bible describes this story of these men finding uh, clusters of grapes that were so big, two men had to carry them. That's how big the fruit was growing in this area. It's kind of part of the, uh, the western side of the Fertile Crescent, a beautiful area even today, known for its soil. And so they get to the promised land and God tells them to go in. And so Joshua sends 12 spies to go check out the land, to go survey the land. 10 of the spies came back and they said this. They said, no, 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 we can't go in there. There's giants in the land. There's enemies, there's fortified cities, and there's a good chance that they're gonna kill us. That's what 10 of the spies said. Two of the spies came back and said, what are you talking about? Of course we can go into that land because it's the land that God promised us. So 10 of the spies were saying we can't go there. Two of the spies were saying, we're gonna stand on the truth of God's word. We're gonna go into the promised land. Now listen to me, there were giants in the land. There were giants. But if you only focus on the giants of the land, you're never gonna walk in freedom no matter where you stand. I'm gonna say that again because that sounded really cool and it rhymed. If you only focus on the giants of the land, then it doesn't matter. You're never gonna walk in freedom no matter where you stand. See, there's gonna be giants in your future. Negative situations, if you will. Uh, things that could potentially hurt you. There's gonna be uh, disrespectful words spoken in your marriage. There's gonna be mistakes that you've made. There's gonna be scary situations in your future. But you know what? There's also a land flowing with milk and honey in your future. There's also love in your marriage and giftings that God has given you in a future where there's success and prosperity. But your freedom hinges on what you focus on. And it doesn't really matter how good your life is. If you only focus on the giants, you're never gonna experience that freedom. I mean, the Israelites were so bad at this. Uh, it, they were in Egypt and they were focused on their slavery and they were mad they were in Egypt. So God freed them from Egypt. But then they started focusing on the Red Sea and they were mad that they left Egypt. So then they got free from the Red Sea and they started focusing on their hunger and they got mad that they were past the Red Sea and God freed them from hunger. But then they started focusing on the giants and they were mad that they had to leave the wilderness to go into the promised land. And it just made me think, have you ever thought that maybe freedom isn't about where you're standing, but it's about the truth that you're standing on? And if you're standing on God's truth, then it doesn't really matter where you're at, you're gonna experience freedom. 
You know, the, the, the Israelites, they just went from uh, Egypt to Egypt to wilderness to wilderness to promised land to promised land. They never felt free. And, and we go from job to job and marriage to marriage to salary to salary, and we never feel free because it's never about what's happening around you. It's about what's happening in you. You want to be free, then change your focus. I love Philippians chapter four, eight through nine. I'll put this one on the screen for you guys. It says this, and dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things, fix your focus on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. You know, did you know that every thought that you have changes the neurochemicals of your brain? Every single thought. Uh, Every thought you have creates what they call a neural pathway. And it literally creates a way for this thought to travel through your brain. And the more that you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought. And so the more you think a thought, the more that becomes your default thoughts. That's just science. Like even if you don't believe in the Jesus thing or you're out on the spiritual freedom thing, this is just true whether you're religious or not. And where I start to kind of geek out a little bit is when I look at Paul's writings 2,000 years before any of this science was published and he talked about the neural pathways of our brain. And he said it this way in Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to the patterns, the neural pathways of the world, but be transformed by transforming your neural pathways by the renewing of our mind. And so what Paul is saying is, hey, you wanna transform your life, you wanna transform your heart, you wanna walk in freedom, then practice creating new pathways in your brain. Practice telling yourself things that are true and not lies. So I wanna practice this with us and I got a little exercise for us here. So I just want you to think about this. Just in in your seat, just think about in your heart. What is a stronghold that you focus on? What's a lie that you focus on? Maybe uh, it's a worst case scenario about the future. Maybe it's a mistake you've made in the past. Maybe it's a lie that you'll never be good enough or a lie that you have to be perfect to be loved. I told you what mine was earlier. What's something that, that is holding you back? And then what you do is you meditate on a truth that combats that lie. And so you think about Philippians 4, 6 that says you don't have to be anxious about anything because God has got you. Ephesians 1, 7 says you've been redeemed and forgiven of your mistakes. 
Genesis 1.27 says that you are enough because you were created in the image of God. And that is how you create new neural pathways in your brain. That's how you transform your mind. That's how you become renewed. Last thing here, you know, I was, thought it was really interesting that in the alone clip, they told Coulter that their biggest concern, I don't know if you heard this or not, their biggest concern was his cardiovascular system. And, you know, I, I think about the times that I get so narrow-minded and focused in on a lie or something negative in my life and how sometimes it feels like I can't breathe. Like all the blood rushes away from my heart and my lungs and I feel claustrophobic. Literally, it feels like I can't breathe when I get focused on the negative. You know, God wants to give you a new breath of life. And he describes in the Hebrew Bible, God describes his spirit with this word, raku. And raku literally means breath breath of life. When the Bible is describing the spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis, it says that his raku was hovering over the waters. His breath of life was hovering over the waters. And God wants to give you that breath of life. He doesn't want you to be in a place where you feel like you can't breathe because you're so anxious. He wants to give you that breath of life because 2 Corinthians says, where the raku is, there's freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the raku of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I just wanna pray for you and I want everybody bow their heads, close their eyes because I wanna pray for a specific group today. If you're just here today and you feel like there's something in your life that you can't stop focusing on and it's literally taking your breath away, just raise your hand. You feel like you can't breathe because you're so stressed out. You feel like you can't breathe because you're so anxious. So Lord, I just pray for everybody that's got their raised, their hands raised today, that you would just give them raku, that you would give them the breath of life, that they would find freedom in your spirit, that you would give us the courage and the strength to focus on the truth because it's the truth that sets us free. And so God, we thank you for that truth. We thank you for giving us all the tools that we need to be free. And I just pray that you help us practice creating new neural pathways in our brain so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.